Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. you could join me we've got a really cool book tonight i have ava marquez with me and her book is activate your cosmic dna discover your starseed family from the pleiades sirius andromeda centaurus epsilon iridani and lyra uh it's an amazingly magical book and i think one that that everybody's should read because it gives you information and insight into yourself uh, far beyond what you, you might have had before. This book presents in-depth teaching and channeled wisdom from the six star nations, the Pleiades, Sirius, Andromeda, Centaurus, Epsilon, Enderi, and Lyra. And reading about your cosmic lineage will help to trigger the awakening of ancient memories of your star origin and activate your spiritual DNA. The book includes energy exercises and guided meditations specific to each star nation to help awaken the light codes embedded within you to accelerate your vibrational intelligence and embrace your inherit, inherited starseed gifts. After all, you are a starseed. You carry within you the spiritual DNA of your cosmic family. Eons ago, the Pleiadians, along with other star nations, seeded the earth and their energy is still present. By recognizing your starseed lineage, you can activate your spiritual DNA and awaken the soul attributes that resonate with your star nation. In her book, she explains how to discover your starseed lineage and activate your cosmic DNA. She presents in-depth teachings and channeled wisdom from the six star nations, and you will learn about your cosmic family's lives in the stars, their home worlds, and who they are. As you read about the star nations, you will automatically attune to their energies 
and when you connect with your ancestral star nation, you may experience the hidden awakening of ancient memories, and your spiritual DNA will be activated. She includes energy exercises and guided meditations specific to each star family to help activate your spiritual DNA and awaken the light codes embedded within you. By activating your starseed ancestry and connecting to your soul family, you help transform the frequencies of fear into love and and reignite the cosmic ascension process. She is a spiritual consultant, healer, teacher, and writer with Pleiadian starseed ancestry. And she works with her guides, lights of the universe, who are a collective group of of light beings from various star nations. She teaches online workshops on starseed DNA activation and Atlantean soul healing. It's a pleasure to welcome her to the show. So welcome to the show, Eva. So glad you were with us tonight. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's so exciting to share all of this with you and with knowing what you are doing. It's just wonderful. Thank you. Well, it's always so much fun with for me and, and, and a pleasure as well, finding someone else that talks the same language um, as far as, as, as the... Uh, the, the metaphysical and the spiritual realms go. Um, and, and I think for a lot of people, uh, they're looking for this kind of information to sort of help to identify with them where they came from and how they got here. Uh, but to, to start out, you know, explain to them what are star seeds. What are the star seeds? Well, star seeds are the souls who had a incarnation prior coming to the earth. So here we commonly get first guidance about the past lives and reading the past lives and putting together bits and pieces of our personal history. Well, if we can trace our past life beyond the Latari Atlantis and Lemuria, which means beyond of our earthly incarnations, then that means that we must have had a past life somewhere in this universe on different constellations and their planets. And if we have that experience, if there's that calling within us that something's telling us like, I want to know more about, about that, then that means that we are the star seeds. We came from the stars, we had an experience life in the stars, and somehow we end up in the incarnations on Earth. And I think, too, so many people out there who are everyone is on a, a, a spiritual journey of some sort according to according to what they have signed up for. But so many people yeah. often feel I don't belong here. I don't know where I belong. Where did I come from? And how did I get here? And I think you you explain a very you, you explain exceedingly well how all of us came to be a part of the earth colony, so to speak, of spirits that are here now, and how how the different star nations got together to create what what became us. What was the purpose of, of seeding the earth? Well, so the first of all, um, I will continue on what you said, that we have that feeling that we don't belong, that we came from somewhere else, and that's that it will lead us into this, why did we come here and why did we see that the earth? 
So I do believe that the first became what we call the ancient Lemuria. And of course, there are stories of civilizations or this primordial energy before the Lemuria. But I do believe that the Pleiadians and the star beings that, you know, are commonly talked about, military start our memory from the Lemuria. And Lemuria has been a research project. We were a group or the sole group of researchers, scientists, medical experts who were searching of life on the new planet and who also explore how our body works in the different planetary system or different dimensions, how it would work among in the lower dimensions, what's going to happen, our soul, mind, consciousness. We were extremely evolved and curious beings who always wanted to explore something else. And I would say, you know, to make it more approachable or believable, they were not much different than human beings today trying to explore the possibility of colonization of the Mars. So we can look at it with the very same mind or the scenario, like there are the possibilities and what are we going to do with them? I know that, that um, so many people are, are searching for their source, and while we all do come from um, a source of all creation, as far as, as a spirit goes, um, there are different qualities that are attributed to each soul every time they incarnate on a different planet, a different atmosphere, a different place. So that, so that it, it's, it was fascinating to me to learn about the different um, ancestral nations or, or mm-hmm. the, the different places that, that our energies came from and, and how you could tell the difference between the sources. Um, I, I found fascinating how you had um, described all of the different, the Pleiadian, the Sirius, the Andromeda, the Centaurus, and so on, how you, could, how you differentiated all of them so that, so that people were able to read about each of these nations, colonies, um, what, I, I'm not sure what you would call them, the, the sources of all of these places. Yeah. I mean, it, those that came from the Pleiades or the Syrians or the Andromedans, I mean, they, they are, are from a different culture, it feels as though, and there are yeah. certain qualities attached to each of them so that, yeah. so that as you read through the different qualities for each of these sources, you you can either identify or not with some of them, and once you've clicked into them, you you get a better feeling of home and where home was and the qualities that were there. Understanding that that quite often the the atmospheres would not be you know applicable to here on Earth, yeah. but but that that source that that connection to a home planet or or star system is is definitely there so it gives people a better idea as to what home was and and the qualities they bring into this lifetime all of the qualities all of them are are um of a very positive nature and and you definitely give ways of identifying you know where you probably came from um either 
either just from one star system or from a, a, several of them. How did this information come through to you? Well, that's a good question. I have, since I started on this journey, especially on the starseed journey, I developed this ability or maybe a vacant ability of reading the past life and feeling the soul-mind consciousness, what we can call the spirit within one's body, and a feeling its energy imprint, which maybe compare like, you know, to our fingerprint. When we wanted to open our computer, we each have that unique fingerprint that will open the computer if you have a marker like me. And so the mm-hmm. same is with our soul-mind consciousness. It has that energy that I can feel. And once I started to do these readings for people, I realized that there's a similarity, that there's a very amazing similarity between the star nations that I started to identify. But to understand it, how I think this works, we all have the same soul energy. Our soul came from beyond this universe, from this God source, or in the Gnostic they call it Sophia, or the light, or oneness, this amazing place that none of us can even describe. And it, con- it entered this particular universe, which is known for its intelligent mind, very beautiful, intelligent, creative energy. And so that union creates our soul, mind, consciousness, that spirit energy within us, that love and light within us, that trouble and looking for the experiencer. Now, to have an experience of it in this universe, we need a body. So, soul and mind connects in the body and having a life experiences. We're having a many different kind of the bodies. We have an orb kind of the body, and we do have a, a physical bodies that look and function a bit differently uh, in the different constellations on the different dimensions. However, we do have a different bodies, but we have a same soul-mind consciousness. Our soul-mind consciousness is that invisible energy that we, you know, talk about, but we still have a hard time to describe, like, can I tangibly see it? No. Can I feel it? Yes. Do I have that proof that it is what it is? No. We just have to feel that intuition up there. And that's something like, and you and I have talked today earlier about this energy or spirit or soul mind consciousness that carries our unique DNA. So this energy carries all our memories and experiences from the first time it entered this universe. And so let's say somebody may have a ten incarnations into different constellations. And each of them give us a part of the personality or the uniqueness. They can literally look like somebody's born in the China and raised in the USA. It would have that Chinese heritage, but it would also have a very much USA heritage or from somebody in the Europe, like I was born in the former Czechoslovakia. I have that personality and heritage from there and living in the USA. I embrace the American behavior and heritage as well. So the same comes in this constellation. What I of what I feel guided to feel. It's our last incarnation. So let's say our last incarnation has been the Pleiades or the Sirius. And that kind of the personality we brought with us first time that we enter the earth. 
usually in the time of the ancient Lemuria or the ancient Atlantis. Those usually will be those first kind of the point. Uh, some starships came in the Egypt, that time of the beginning of the Egypt, the post-cataclysm time. But if we look at, at the Lemuria, for example, we have came here, we have came here on the spaceship. We did not incarnate here, in my kind of the belief. We came on the spaceship, mm-hmm. and our cute alien feet touched the earth, and we were in love, and it was absolutely amazing of beauty and the feeling of the senses. And so we brought our personalities. We brought what we like to do, like Syrians love the cars. Canadians like a little bit more dogs. Um, Orion beans, especially those from the Mintaka, like to swim in the water and communicate under the water. So we will bring this, you know, likes and personalities and qualities and some like more healing, some prefer more invent, you know, technologies and so much on. And because that started our journey on the earth and something happened that we are still here, that energy imprint, that last incarnation that we have before we join eventually the earth incarnation is very strongly present. Now, we do have those other memories which are sort of locked away in our DNA, but these ones are strongly present because in a way it helps us to come on the earth. They got, uh, shall we call it, a loss on the earth for a little bit. I think by our own free will, and now we're finding ourselves. So we're literally back reversing our soul mind consciousness to remember who we are. Does that make sense? Yeah, and in, in many ways, it also is another way of looking at, you know, we, we look today at the astrological signs, and a lot of people um, attribute uh, their destiny pathway from the astrological sign that they were born under, at the same time, this is the same type of, of, of a way of looking at your soul's development because uh, instead of, you know, the month and the year and the day and the time you were born, you're looking at where, what is the source of your spirit um, slash soul. Um, it, what is the source of your spirit? Where do you come from? And, and then on top of that, you put the time that you entered this incarnation and you have more material to work from. So I think it's, it's, it's really fascinating to look into the starseed family that you came from because that gives yeah. you another depth of perception of the things that, um, that you might flow into more easily than others, of the pathway your spirit might take in this incarnation, um, you know, we we mentioned that, that Syrians were into cats, and when I hit the cat part, I said, "Okay, that's that's got to be me because I've had cats all of my life." It's like, you know, I was yeah. probably part cat at one time. So, um, but but you you go into many different characteristics of each of these starseed families, so yeah. that if enough of those characteristics blend with you, there is a strong possibility that that is the source of of where your spirit came from and it gives you an idea as to other directions that you might take for your life to to evolve more simply or more richly depending on how you look at it and I found that fascinating because um, 
you know, I look at my, my son, and, you know, he's 55 now. He's not a baby anymore. But but when I look at him and his interests, it, it feel, I feel strongly that, that he does not come from the Syrian um, family, but he comes from another family, another starseed star family altogether. So that so that while I may have, you know, with the human D- DNA, that that definitely came from me partially. But what is most more dominant within him is the starseed family um, characteristics, and that gives you another way of understanding yourself and your destiny pathway. It, it doesn't yeah. tell you what you're going to be or how you're going to, you know, make millions of dollars and be successful, but it gives you places that you'd be comfortable. And, and I, I did notice within most of them you you suggest um, walking barefoot in, in, in the, you know, on the earth and, and yes. attaching yourself to nature. You know, it, yeah. for all, almost all of them it's, it's like um, – creating that link with the earth energy as well in order to add a richness to your life. So that is there really a need also to connect to the earth mother as well? It is. It is so important because, you know, first of all, my goal was to write this book for everybody who feels different, who feels they don't fit. And once you you read it and you say, okay, you know, so my obsession about this or my problems with this, Ritari, uh, you know, have an explanation now, and it is really good to be different once we understand our differences. So, as you said, you know, we are born with this human DNA, and then that, call it extraterrestrial, the starseed DNA, predominantly awakened from that sleeping DNA within us and influences us, influences us for the reason that perhaps we are here to create that heaven on earth. But if we bring only the heavenly energy here, play with the water, heaven on the earth, it would not be right because we will not honor the earthly energies and everything that evolves here. So we do need to connect with the earth. We need to ground ourselves and let you know the bottom of our feet, the sole of our feet, have our own meridian pathways into our whole body. And that connects us deeply to the earth. If we consciously connect with the earth, with the mother earth, with that core of the earth, with the crystalline grid, with the, the mineral kingdom, the animal kingdom, the plant kingdom, we connect with the earth and we can together create the heaven on earth, the cosmic and the earthly energy, yin and yang, the beautiful harmony of it. And so we make a little, you know, the different weirdness about self and normal and find the happiness on the earth and can help those who feel more connected to the earth not to be afraid of these cosmic energies or the heavenly energies and it can work beautifully well in the harmony. Well, absolutely. I know that the, the, the Schumann energy, which is, you know, what, what they call the heartbeat of the mother earth, the, yeah. uh, the native Americans who, um, walked around barefoot a great deal of the time, didn't have the illnesses or, or any of the problems that we have today. Today we isolate ourselves from that energy. We're not connected to it. And because we're not connected to it, we don't have the immunity that that, that energy does give us. It, it doesn't prevent us from getting colds and, and all the other stuff, but 
but if you are if you are connected to the Schumann energy, it's a way of adding a greater insight and understanding to your own energy and and the connection to the earth. Otherwise, you can often feel uh, isolated and alone to a great deal, which is, you know, a, a very sad place for one to be. And it's so easy to reconnect, to become a part of that energy by by merely spending yeah. time connected to it. Yes, and, and if and I can I, add to it, I'm sorry. Sure. If I can add to it, you know, the one of the common things once you awaken as a star seed. Everybody suddenly has that longing for the home, especially when you remember. I remember when I first time remembered that I'm from Pleiades. It was such a pool and such a beauty. And I look at the earth and I was thinking, what am I doing here? Like, I don't want to be here. And of course, you know, we are born here in this in this way. And I, I was lucky to have two small children at that time. So I was like, okay, I have a children. I have to find a way to be here and to be happy here. And I was also extremely ill at the time. And connecting with the earth really helped us to, okay, we are here for the reason. And as you said, walking bare feet, it's so essential. I do it almost every day because it is beautiful and that connection is beautiful. And again, the whole foot has a meridian that stimulates the whole body. So it's extremely beneficial. And today, you know, we have so many gorgeous shoes, but they disconnect us from the earth. <laughs> they, they do, and it's 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 so um, it's so phenomenal that that we are in a place where um, my my phone is going off. It will stop in a minute or two. But I think one of the things about being um, aware of your starseed um, ancestry is really very important to us because it it it's sort of the, NASA did a study oh gosh decades ago you know how do you how can you tell if you're a star if you if you are a star seed or if you are um not of this world so to speak and oh, one okay. of the things one one of the reasons was um you didn't feel like you were belonged you had a strange um fascination for antiquity, real antiquity. Um, there, I mean, there, there was a, a tremendous number of, of different uh, characteristics that uh, were given that, that let you know that, that you're not really out of place. You're here for a reason. And, mm-hmm. and if, if you can remember that reason, if you can remember that source that, that mm-hmm. you know, we came from, then you have a better idea as to what your purpose is and what it is that you're here to share with everyone else. It doesn't mean that you quit your day job and you, you know, put a white robe on and go to the mountaintop, but it, but it does give you an idea as to areas that would be best for you to manifest in and, you know, whether it's writing or artwork or whether it's it's you know, technical things. I mean, they, it, it can be any number of things, but but it it gives you an idea as to where there's a greater richness for you, and if you can incorporate it into your everyday life, your everyday life becomes richer. Absolutely, and you enrich the other people. I didn't know that the NASA did the study. It's so exciting to know. Really, really exciting. And uh, as you said, you know, once you understand yourself, you know into the rich 
fields, you can bring up the richness, you know, too. So let's say, you know, when I read for the people, we find out that somebody is Palladian being, and the, the Palladians usually brings a lot of uh, abuse into the life on all kind of the levels because mm-hmm. they are bringers of love. They, literally, their way is to share to love with everybody. And how can you truly understand love if you do not understand that opposite of it, the lack of love, abuse, um, rejection, abandonment, and many of those other things that we can name right now. And once you learn to understand that, that, you know, it is not that the source abandoned you or that your soul family abandoned you, that you came here to experience that so you can understand and connect to anybody on that level. And then once you forgive, accept what happened to you, forgive and embrace the unconditional love as the greatest, highest love that you can share with everybody, you become a wonderful in anything that you do. So a lot of teachers um, are actually played in star seeds and the seed in star seeds. But in this case, like, you know, touching the souls of the of the little children, coaches, mentors, um, nurses, they do choose all these occupations. And, you know, of course, there are many others among the people that may suffer through love. I mean, counselors, especially, you know, when they're working with the um, abuse people, those are usually a Palladian star seat. And once you understand it, then you say, all right, my job is here to show people that their love is the highest energy. And that if I find not somebody who loves me, but if I can love myself, then the whole world will love me. Because usually abused people have a, such a hard time to find self-love. They want to find somebody who will love them and fill that void within them. And uh-huh. that's unfortunately the journey of many Palladian stars teach. You know, going for that, you know, I, I need to find somebody who will love me. I need to find a soulmate. I need that. And then you always feel like hungry that you didn't know you are not feeling satisfied and the reason is that you cannot love yourself but once you understand it and then you look at it and it says all right i have been abused and i have all these issues because i need to find the love within me and love myself and then i can help so many people and i become this most fabulous counselor that made the write the books and made all kind of this series of the workshop about it or you can work in the corporate family of, you know, corporate uh, organizations and just to share that love that you have within your soul with everybody around you because we all know that they need it. So understanding ourselves and how we can apply that quality is wonderful. Like the Syrians, like I love that you have written the book and make the card deck because I know when we were talking, I was like, you must be the Syrian starseed. And then you, you know, you told me that I was like, the cat. I was like, okay, you are the Syrian starseed. Because Syrians well, are think, knowledge. Yeah. Well, you know, that, so, that's, I, I think, of, like everybody, you know, when you go through this, uh, this list of different star families, you know, it's yeah. only natural to say, okay, do I fit into any of these? And then, when you when I got to the Syrian explanation, so much of it resonated to me that um, it was almost as though, well, of course, you know, this it it all 
it all fell into line. Now, you're not going to, I mean, there there were little pieces of some of the other families that, you know, I could say, yeah, maybe, well, but when when I hit the Syrian stuff, it was like, oh, you know, there's no question here. I mean, it was just, it was so obvious. And and it's funny because I can I can remember lots of times way in the past that I've I've often said to to myself or whoever was listening that you know I don't really come from here I come from someplace else and you know it was pointing up in the sky didn't know where I was pointing but you know it was sort of like out there someplace is where I came from and you know why am I here? and everybody goes into the why am I here what is the purpose of this lifetime and understanding the family you come from gives you a, <clears throat> gives you a an idea as to what direction might be best for you to pursue. It isn't an absolute, but it does give you ideas as to where you might be most comfortable in um, in, in yes. achieving what it is you're here to achieve. And uh, yeah. I, I think that that it's it's um, it's fascinating, and you do go into. Lemuria and Atlantis um, in great detail, I think. So, oh. so the pur- the purpose of Atlantis and Lemuria would be what for our understanding? Well, the if we look at the Lemuria and Atlantis, I think it can very beautifully actually represent the soul and mind consciousness. So, the Lemurian civilization was more in that soul consciousness. And as I said before, I do believe that we, you know, we are ancient aliens or as they said, you know, we are you and you are us. We came here to, as as a scientist and the researchers, and we were playing with the soul-mind consciousness to understand it, how it will work separate, how we will work together. And the earth is such a fast, uh, I would say, lifespan or the fast Time goes much faster here, but I do believe uh-huh. than somewhere else, so we can observe it much faster. And so the Lemuria has been more focused on that soul energy, the feeling, and connecting our senses with the feeling, and beautiful, and that feminine kind of the energy, versus um, Atlantis has been more in that masculine energy of the technology, evolution, development. Well, the evolution happened for the both of them. But I mean that more, let's say, the cognitive, you know, we have a right brain, which are are creative, so that would be the Lemuria, and we have this analytical brain, the left brain of the body, that would be more Atlantinian kind of the brain. What Mm -hmm. was the downfall that None of them can work on its own. If we are only in our creative energies, it's in that feminine, beautiful yin energy. There is no harmony and belief in the universe that has a cosmic law of the balance and harmonies. I mean, there's a lot of those cosmic laws that I know you've heard about, the Hermetic teaching is talking about, the Kibalion is talking about, and we have to follow them. And then, you know, Atlantis has been more in that masculine, young energy. And there was no balance. So perhaps we eventually, you know, need to learn to find that balance between the Lemuria and Atlantis. So both has been extremely important to evolution of the 
animals and to humankind and even ourselves to understand what is it that we can control, what is it that we cannot control. Um, how do we find that way between that soul energy and the mind energy? To me, the soul energy predominantly, let's say that Lemurian energy, will connect to that feeling, emotion, versus the Atlantinian energy will connect to our five basic senses. The smell, the taste, the sight, the touch, the sound, and it's the awareness, awakening of our psychic ability, and even time travel. However, it is that soul-mind consciousness that needs to work together for it to be functional. And perhaps that is the reason why we stood here and, of course, assisted in the evolution of the humanity. But that we stood here to prove that it can be achieved, that we can have what I call Lemurian civilization, which is the cross between Lemurians and Atlantinians, all these star nations and the oneness mixed into the, you know, one nation, one oneness that can function actually into the physical world. Because we also have to think, yeah, I'm sorry, go on. No, no, go ahead. I I, I can wait. I'll remember. <laughs> I, I get so excited about this. We, we have to think that, you know, these beings came into the physical realm to the earth to really experience how it all this will work into physicality. Like they were not just playing with the bubble and the magic. They were physically creating, uh, you know, beautiful life in the Lemuria. I would say that Atlantis was also spectacular. I mean, there were the things that worked and there were the things that absolutely didn't work. And there's definitely some damage come out of that. But here, this realm, literally makes us gods. If we can wake up in the morning and go and make a cup of coffee or tea, that makes you a god because... You are the creator, whatever you're going to put into your cup. And that's what they came here. They just play with, you know, with that different tools. Do you think that perhaps because the Lemurians and the Atlanteans were more focused in one degree or another so that they didn't have a balance, is that why their civilizations didn't survive? That is my belief, yes. And I know it's very different than other people talk about, but the way how I feel it, how I understand it, that is my belief, yes. Well, it makes sense. Um, And when you look today at what society has become, uh, you know, whatever starseed is predominant, it's it's not one that that works well with others yet. And and so... As as we go forward in in the history of the world, it's 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 one one um, family over yeah. another that seems to be taking control, and once that happens, then we spiral out of control. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's 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 lovely in its activation as it grows and and it it seems wonderful Mm -hmm. and almost like it's a golden time frame but but the reality is that until there is a blending of all of it um society won't won't continue or survive there will be a mass destruction or something will happen and we'll go back and it's sort of like that i forget what it's called but it's that game where you draw things and then you can just kind of shake it upside yeah. down and everything goes away and you start again it feels is yeah. is that the purpose of the earth plane and the earth experience is is 
is that the reason I, so many different, you know, um, starseed families are all here together in order to work together as opposed to one taking control over another? I believe it is because, so in my beginning journey, when I started on this Tashi journey, I didn't really believe in that. I was like, it has to be something more than that. But I do. If you think about it, you know, Earth is a very special and unique place for many reasons. And all these extraterrestrials have a, have a stake in it. They do not want Earth to be destroyed. However, it's a very nice teaching ground. Let's call it a boot camp where many of these star beings come and they're learning to get along and work together. So now there's no such a coincidence that there are so many starship awakenings. Only everybody started, almost everybody started remembering, like, I came from Orion, and I came from Pleiades and Sirius, and then they group together, right? The next thing is to realize, okay, we have to work together because there's definitely, you know, something that we have to do. I'm very optimistic about the future, but we have to also think that we are evolving so fast into the artificial intelligence, into collective control mind, not by the higher intelligence, but by something that shall be created here on the earth. And that is not exactly the right way, I think, to go. So if we suppress our feeling and become highly, you know, evolved, cerebral kind of the society, there's a possess a danger in it. And I think that this is why we're starting to remember, okay, there was Lemuria, there was Atlantis, and oh well, it didn't work out. And by the way, both of them, majority of destruction was through the natural cosmic laws uh, because it didn't work out. There's a higher force about all of us that may correct us that you know i don't know how it's called either but i know that game my children had it when you just somebody takes and shakes it and it's like okay uh you children you are not playing really nice you're just going too far let's start over and well what is that at this time where we can do better what did cause the um destruction of lemuria and then atlantis what caused it so I, this is just my very personal feeling and opinion about it. I cannot really back it right. up with any proof, you know, that that's how it has been. But I believe that Lemuria was by the raising of the waters, the earthquakes and raising of the waters, and just, the, you know, the change how the waters and the continents has been here on the earth. I truly believe that the Lemurians, you know, connected to all the spaceship and extraterrestrials, they knew that this is going to happen, and they could control the water, weather, but they did not. They went with the natural occurrences of the earth. They found a way to develop the inner earth, which was habitable. Now, when we talk about the inner earth, we don't talk about the molten core of the earth. There are definitely, you know, the spaces and the caves and the opening of a beautiful kind of the place, and they relocated. But with the Atlantis, so there was a natural occurrences, and the change within the the water and the oceans and the continents, how they move. And forgive my limit in my English here that I don't really have that eloquent explanation to it, but I hope everybody understands. And then in the Atlantis, I do believe it was meteorite. Uh, we did have a 
so my memories, my soul, my memories, there has been wonderful technology. There was a technology that has been, literally controlling the atmosphere around the Earth, sort of like a silver net or the net of the satellite that would be around the Earth. So nothing can penetrate here. You know, no invasive body of the meteorite can penetrate here. And so we were kind of, or everybody was here kind of godly, right? Everything is great. There were, you know, the good beings and the bad beings already in the aliens and lots of technology, and there will be those who started to give out a warning. Those are the later on called the soul family on the path of the light, or children of the law of one, as the John Peniel talked about, or wrote in his book about. And we started to raise awareness that there may be destruction, that things are not going well, that if we don't change ourselves, there may be some natural occurrences because we understood the cosmic law. Of course, as we know the story, nobody wanted to listen. Then I had this memory that there was a huge solar flare. Now, if there's a tremendous solar flare, it can completely destroy our electricity and the system for quite a while. Now, there has been some research done that there has been one, I don't know if it was 11,000 years ago, 10,000 years ago, something like that, that there may have been a huge solar flare which I believe completely, um, um, you know, out of the order, whatever they had, technology. And it was a shocking surprise. And then the meteorite started. There are the stories that actually meteorite hit first close to the Charleston in the South Carolina, where I am currently living. And uh-huh. then all the mess started from there. Well, I think that... The, it- in in many ways, people look upon the mass destructions as being a natural destruction, but I, I, I don't think it's natural at all. I think that the Earth probably had, the people had probably evolved to a point where they were going to destroy themselves anyhow, so that yeah. that uh, a, co- a, a comet hit, or, or solar yeah. flares, or or both. And we yeah. got sent back to square one again. And according to mm-hmm. science, whatever that's worth, there have been at least five mass destructions in the history of the world. Yes. So, yeah. so it, it's it's sort of like as we as as we look at what's going on today um, in, in the world at large, we we are not yet at a place where where there is a sense of, of brotherhood, of family, of working together, of um, of activating. I, I believe there are people who are activating their cosmic DNA. I believe there are wisdom seekers out there that are trying very hard to enlighten without, without pushing anything. And yeah. I'm wondering if maybe humanity as a whole isn't ready to evolve to that level and you know, if you look at um, Philip Lindsay's material about we're on cycles that that we go through eon after eon after eon, that makes sense. That mm-hmm. humanity as a whole today is at a place where it's either going to go one way or the other, and they're extremes. And you know, depending on the news of the day, it it, it gives you hope, or you know, you know that we're we're doomed for another. <laughs> go round um 
it's hard to tell. Well, you know, you you know, you don't speak at all in the book that I found any of the material about the greys and the reptilians. Where do they come into this picture at all, or is that just another level of another form of evolution? Okay, so I was actually planning to write in my another book about the greys and Orion beings and the other beings. So the greys are actually a fascinating beings. They have been co-created same as the humans have been co-created. We know that the humankind has been, um, that the primates has been upgraded with the extraterrestrial DNA. And here we have today the humans, that human body that we, that we are incarnating into. Around, maybe around a similar time, the gray aliens have been created by what I believe is the Orion beings without, you know, to do some kind of the work for them. We all have heard about the abduction and how mean they can be. We're coming into the time when we all are searching for help and when we all are searching for that ascension, even the gray aliens. So, Interestingly enough, there are quite a several gray aliens incarnated into the human body. I know, I'm sorry if I scare some people, but they are the most wonderful, amazing people that I have actually met. You know, they call themselves Zetas, and mm-hmm. they are learning about the happiness, how to be happy, how to have a love, how to raise children, how to have family. They are learning to understand the emotions because they have been um, developed with very suppressed emotions. And so they're trying to actually help us and assist us at this time to uh, disconnect from the controlling patterns that they may have have helped to anchor within some people or humanity or help to disconnect to controlling patterns, let go of these controlling implants that some star seeds do have. It is all connected to our way of the thinking and to our mind consciousness that's affected by the ego into the human body. But they are on that evolution trajectory, same as we are, as we all are, because we, our goal is to find this harmony for us all. And when you talk about the cycles, Craig Braden does such a wonderful work to you know, to bring awareness about it and talk about it. And I believe it's one of his I think the Gaia videos when he showed his paintings from the caves and it goes like that goes from the cycle before this one probably. And there are these mm-hmm. paintings in the caves that show Latari and Ariel pictures that can be taken only from the satellites. And it's so wise. But there is something that's trying to help us, I believe, change the cycle. Sort of, you know, like when we think about the Groundhog Day movie, like if, it, if you take a different variable, the day will change and everything else will change. So something from the future, oh, from the future, from the past, has survived to help us to understand where we may have made that mistake in that cycle and how we can do it differently in this time so we will not repeat it. So I know that these cycles are scientifically predicted, but I am a true believer that they can be changed by our behavior. Well, I would I would tend to agree with you on that. <clears throat> but, you know, there's there's also a question of we keep reincarnating here on Earth 
um, instead of going home. Why do we do that? I mean, are we prevented from doing it? Or, I mean, is there a purpose for being here in the physical instead of going in spirit back to the source? Well, there are two reasons. The one reason is what happened on the earth has to be healed on the earth. So if we, you know, let's say that sometime uh, from the ancient Lemuria, Atlantis to Egypt, somewhere until about the big flood, plus minus, we were walking into extraterrestrial bodies, maybe heavily genetically modified extraterrestrial bodies, but we were not experiencing a human bodies, which are much weaker and have a, a lower or very weak nervous system and it's harder to collect our abilities in the human body than that extraterrestrial body. And that usually happens around the big flood. So we have these big flood soul mind memories and we have an after flood soul mind memories. If in these memories, and actually Barbara Henclaw in her, uh, I think it's the Mayan code, she writes about it. Very fascinating things. If we have it, these it, memories, it that's something. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, it is it is interesting that you know we can identify with a starseed family. We have the familiarity of it. You give us um, exercises and, and ways of actually connecting to that. But it it's almost as though what what we're talking here when we talk of uh, star nations and and cultures and and societies on the different on the different um fam- the different the different places like the Pleiades and Sirius and Andromeda and Centaurus and all of those. But the feeling that I got from from your book and, and correct me if I'm wrong, because uh, I'm that on a regular basis, but that but the, the the energy on those planets or places is more of a spiritual existence as opposed to a physical one that Earth is probably one of the few places where we actually incarnate into a physical form. Otherwise, we're in a spiritual form, which is etheric and lighter and has higher energy because the human, the human form can't take ex- excessively high energy. So, so that in order to be on those planets, in those families, in those areas where our source is, we are more of an etheric body than we are a physical body. I love that you ask me this question because I wonder about it for such a long time. And this is how I understand it. So first of all, all these exercises and explanation in my book supposed to create that moment like, oh my God, that sounds like my family. This is where I came from. I can understand myself. And it starts uh-huh. rewiring our neural pathways in our mind. Something, you know, relaxes, and we can start remembering more. When we're remembering, we can heal whatever it is that we have to heal here on the earth, or realize that we may be here in the assistance of the evolution. We are here for the one reason or the other. The exercises will help us, again, to release whatever heavy baggage we have and help us to feel comfortable in the body we have on this li- in this lifetime. Now, we are living in the three-dimensional earth, and we're trying to hold the higher dimensions inside. So in the three dimensions, we have a physical body. 
we know that we are trying to hold out this fifth-dimensional energy, which is already coming from the three-dimensional suffering and the pain in the fifth-dimensional living with love of our soul and the happiness of our mind, which actually is in the physical body because we know that it's possible. Then we want to give up the example of the Jesus Christ and Mary Magdalena, which, you know, could transmute energy, could do this, what we call the miraculous healing. There's nothing as a miracle, there's an explanation to everything. And in my opinion, they hold about seven-dimensional energies. So we have these in the Pleiades, in the series as well. So if we live in the odd number dimensions, we are living even in these places in the physical body that is little different than we are, you know, having today. Then we have a even number dimensions as two, four, six, eight, and of course up higher. Those are our spiritual dimensions. That is when you are living in what we call the orb of the energy or the fluff of the light. When you are in your spiritual energy, you can collect the knowledge and you can be observer. You cannot physically create. You cannot make a cup of coffee or a cup of tea. You can only observe how the other people do it. And because you don't have a physical body, you can never smell, taste, or touch that cup of coffee. Now, we know for, I would say, 100% that there must have been extraterrestrials walking on the land because even in the ancient age, even the hieroglyphs, there are pictures of the astronauts. These astronauts must have came from somewhere. That means that there were these beings, extraterrestrials, spiritual people, who came here from other places and other dimensions, that they had a physical body. So once we start playing with it and we start playing with the senses, you know, as I describe him, well, not exactly in this book, but when I describe him in this, you know, kind of the exercises and descriptions of who we are, we can start playing with it. So, for example, if you are from Andromeda, and I write that Andromedans love water and swimming in the water and such a connection with the dolphins, well, if I can swim in the water, I must have some physical body. That means that the physical body needs some, something to sustain, drink something and eat something in, you know, maybe tiny quantity or bigger quantity, but it must have that. And through this, we can start experiencing with our soul mind consciousness. And here is where looking for the proof, you know, that I had a physical body or the spiritual body, we can start, you know, feeling this goosebumps inside of us and feeling inside of us, start listening that form of consciousness within us. So even though, you know, we, like Syrians, are so extremely spiritual and they study all of that. I do believe, Barbara, you had a physical body up there. I don't think you were in the orb. I don't think you were with this angelic realm in the orb. And there is a Syrian angelic realm who are the observers and eventually they also reincarnated on the earth. But I think you have written the Akashic records, and somewhere up there, there is actually a physical evidence of it. If there's a physical evidence, then you must have had fingers and hands. Well, yeah, you got a point. It just yeah. seems as though um, 
I know that you, in, in many cases, you have taken clients um, into the realms that, that, that were their source. Yes. And, you know, that was done astrally or um, you certainly not, I don't believe physically, but... In, oh, okay. I wish I can do that, <laughs> but no, no, that's, I'm not that correct. Okay. Um, no. But but it, you you shared you shared the experience, so you were able to yes. describe the realm, yes. the dimensions, and yes. and are sometimes the places that you take your clients. Is it an interdimensional realm that you are taking them to, as opposed to a physical realm? So, I do take them to that astral realm, that inner dimensional realm, as you say. It is not a physical realm. So what I do, I guide people through the meditation. I don't do the hypnosis, but we just meditate. And through the meditation, the soul and consciousness guide us to this place. And of course, you know, I use the classical meditations. If we're going to go into the into the um, elevator and we're going to go up, but is that soul mind consciousness that guide us? And then majority of my clients do have an experience to feel their soul family. I would say the majority, probably 90%, we feel that physicality, but it's only the astral traveling, what we are doing. But they can feel that they physically live in that realm. A very few, we connect that they live in that um, orb, as I would call, you know, when you are observer and you had that experience, uh, um, let's say, in this angelic realm. But mm-hmm. the experience is beautiful, profound, and the way how you know that this is real is that you have that feeling or some people start crying or have this beautiful feeling or the goosebumps, have that aha moment remember something. Sometimes you can smell flowers. Sometimes you can smell incense. Um, and of course, you know, you don't have it in the room. There's that those senses that are stimulated that help us to remember of what kind of the life we lived and what is that we need to remember from there. Sometimes beautiful healing happens up there. There's nothing that I can personally control only for what the soul mind consciousness is ready for. And mm-hmm. I have to add this one. Once in a long time, I encounter the people who saw my consciousness. It's not ready for this trip. And I can do whatever. It's not going to happen. It's like, you know, my guides and that personal guides and the soul mind consciousness says, nope, not going anywhere until you heal this particular part of your life. Because it may, you know, cause a big disconnection. Um, well, yeah. Also, also, also confusion, and yes. you know, understa- yes. understanding yes. what has become a spiritual yes. foundation for you this lifetime um, yes. is yes. is not meant to be. Um, it, it's meant to be a guidance system. It's not meant to be. You know, it's sort of like building a castle in your dreams and then trying to live in it. Um, yeah. It doesn't work. <laughs> no, it doesn't it, work. We have to. <laughs> no. But it, in, you become enlightened. You have a better, a better sense of purpose and direction. And yeah. you know, you you um, 
there's the the element here too of um the fact that we have special abilities but for the most part we don't use them and i mean in in connecting to your starseed family does that awaken some of those special gifts and talents that you have inside that you haven't reached for and by by connecting with your starseed family you're able to awaken those within you and then utilize them in your physical reality Yes, well, that's part of the goal of this book as well, that we realize that we have these abilities, let's say healing abilities, clairvoyance abilities, or seeing with a, you know, the third eye. We we have so many abilities, telepathy, um, channeling, and while we connect with our soul family, we can see that uniqueness within us, what we, let's say, call it, a niche of that first ability that we need to develop. And up there, let's say, they start to jumpstart your batteries and you start understanding it. Of course, you know, once the meditation ends, which lasts, you know, 20 minutes or you read a book and you feel very excited about it, then you have to do the exercises because it's like somebody tells you, hey, you can drive a bike and I will give you a bike for Christmas. And you go like, oh, my God, I have a bike. I used to be the best bike driver. Well, you have to learn to drive the bike again to be that best bike driver. That is just starts the development of these beautiful exercises and self-discipline and self-love to develop these abilities. Does that make sense? Oh, sure. And, and I think, too, um, balancing the left and right hemispheres of your brain yes. is, is also another one of the um, – side effects of getting into understanding your 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 starseed family and and bringing it into balance with your physical reality um yes. you, you know you're not suddenly going to be walking on water unless it's frozen um so, so so it's it's understanding yourself better and getting to know yourself and i i do believe that the more we awaken our recognition of where we come from, the source we come from, and some of the um, attributes connected to those sources, um, it, it's, it, it helps you to have a better, richer experience here on the physical plane. Uh, one of the things that, that you know so many people talk about is um, finding a soulmate. And does does this understanding, does this connection? help you to find your soulmate? Yes, but I'm going to spiral back a little bit because I love what you say and I'm going to continue with the soulmate if it's okay. The Jesus uh-huh. Christ walking on the water. Okay? So we go like, uh-huh. oh my God, Jesus Christ walk on the water must be the star seed ability. Yes. So I personally believe that Jesus Christ was played in star seed. But the Jesus Christ, and this is a beautiful example for every single one of us, was born into the human body. And Jesus Christ had the teachers since he was born. So he was, you know, born, let's call it a special, more, more open to the learning. But he had to learn and he had to practice. I would say that in many channel books, it's written that he went for the initiations to the India. 
what is fascinating is that uh, India, the land of the Vedas, is known for the training in the Siddhis, in the enlightenment. And one of the ability of the Siddhi is levitating. And maybe if you practice really, really well and hard, you can walk on the water. So once while I'm going with this, once we realize what is my ability, let's say, you know, I, I, I connect with my Andromedan, you know, myself, Andromedan essence of myself, and I'm a healer, then I come here and I say, okay, which healing modality I really feel drawn to and which one I will practice because I have my literary DNA is more open to become the most amazing healer and I will practice with it. So Jesus Christ had to practice to become what to us today look a performer of the miracles. He just practiced and he understood the energy and he left that message here for every single one of us. And uh-huh. that is going to bring me into the soulmate. I also believe that Jesus Christ and you know the Mary Magdala has been soulmates, and I do believe story went a little bit differently than is told to us. And finding the soulmate, it may be easy or may not be easy. It depending how how we feel about ourselves. You know, we want to find a soulmate that will fulfill us and that will, you, you know, that, that will take away the pain of what we have suffered here. But the truth is we have to heal ourselves if I want to meet a soulmate. And I have written the whole book about it, my last book. I have to overcome my ego and my patterns and all this kind of the things that, that, that makes me miserable and keeps returning me back on the earth. And then I can just set intention. I want to meet my soulmate. We have a soulmate. If you are a starseed, you definitely must have a soulmate somewhere from the cosmos out there. But you meet at a certain frequency. If we are held by our, you know, I had a broken heart and this that happened to me and I felt rejected and I wasn't loved as a child. I mean, we all have uh, stories that we can write in many books. That's not going to match the frequency of our soulmate. That's going to match the frequency of somebody else that, you know, may think it's a soulmate. So. I would say, especially in these times when, you know, the second awakening of the star seed and we are here to, I would say, to shift the cycle. We need a soulmate and we are predestined to meet, but we have to do our own inner work so we will meet. Love is the most powerful energy within this universe. And I know it feels like the fluff and the unicorns of cotton candy, but it is the most powerful energy. Love makes the mountains to move. Love makes us to do most incredible things in our life. And that's what a soulmate union can help us. It's, it's a little tiny shortcut. But again, to meet the soulmate, we have to work on ourselves and really know what is it that we want. And I always tell my clients, I was like, okay, you want to meet the soulmate? Let me ask you a question. Would you date yourself? And you would be surprised how many says, uh, no. I was like, okay, let's get to the point when you would look into the mirror and you would date yourself, not because of your look, but because the quality you have within yourself. Then you are ready uh-huh. for your soulmate. Well, exactly, because uh, the yeah. very first, the very first connection, the very first um, 
person that you have to love is yourself. Yes. And, yes. you know, if you're looking for completion in another person, you're definitely looking in the wrong place. So Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. And it's all... But I just no, understanding it, it, ourselves and again looking, you know, at all those uh, personalities that we have, then you said, all right, you know, there's going to be somebody with the same or similar personalities because we have intermingled, definitely, you know, we traveled from the planet to planet, we made friends, we made soulmate connections, and we enjoy, actually, we, I think that we enjoy the soulmate connections more on the earth than up there because... We have a physical bodies that have a lot of sensations. <laughs> That's true. So, so what would you say overall is the purpose of this cycle we're on? Why do we keep reincarnating? What is the purpose of being on a physical reality? What is so important to the physical reality for the etheric, um, the etheric energy that, that we actually are? Why do we take physical form? I think we take the physical form to help the humanity to evolve, to be the teachers, to be guide, to lead a to lead a way of life that is inspiring to the others. I actually think that our karmic debt has been paid. I think that we have healed our past, even though you know we carry our akashic memories and feel like we have to live our past life. But I think the most bigger part of this incarnation is to help the humanity navigate through this time of the changes. And that's that's what it is. And once we decide that we don't want to do it again, we don't have to. I believe that we come together every 2,000 of years as a huge soul family. And that is when the humanity is ready for the next. For the last time, it was around the time of the Jesus Christ. And the humanity opened into the fourth chakra, into heart. And, heart. and you know, there's been a lot of up and down. There's like this. You know, it's not always that they are ready. There's been a lot of wars and the holy wars. Now, 2,000 years later, humanity is opening up into a sixth chakra that, you know, will complete our seven chakra alignment, and that is conscious mind. And that beautiful, very smart, what's called the Atlantinian kind of the energy. And I think that we are here to help to establish the soul-mind connection because we are in the few hundred of years, so they're probably going to be the end of the cycle. And I'm very optimistic, you know, person. I do believe that we believe in ourselves to do this, that we're going to do it right. Um, but that if we establish the heart, mind, soul, mind connections, humanity is going to be on such a beautiful trajectory, eventually become the. Um, accepted multidimensional species and that's what is happening we are becoming multidimensional but we are realizing that we can be multidimensional in the physical embodiment not just the spiritual embodiment once we all get in that spiritual embodiment we can easily just leave this kind of the universe and go home so i don't believe we are trapped i think it is by the choice that we keep incarnating here well, is everyone a star seed? No, I don't believe so. I think there's about so, twenty to thirty percent. Mm-hmm. So, 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 if we all have a part of the infinite within us, mm-hmm. 
and 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 we're but but then we are not all star seeds. How mm-hmm. do you tell the difference between just a normal spirit and a star seed spirit? Mm-hmm. I love that you ask me this question. So let's first understand this. Our soul, all of us, whenever uh, I call it our earth seeds and the star seeds, our soul comes from exactly the same place, from that light beyond this universe. And we had a, a different experience. So let's say up there will be groups of the soul who are going to come in the times and incarnate as extraterrestrials. And there will be those who says like, oh, let's be the bacteria and animal down, but eventually we're going to call the earth. So the soul is that it started, let's call it from the bottom up, where we started from the top to the bottom. And perhaps there's another experiment. This is, you know, how I kind of like to play it with my head with it out there from beyond the universe, it says, if we drop the soul energy all the way down to that three-dimensional realm, and this one will just slowly, you know, collect the knowledge and they'll become amazing, and then they will become again down there in the third-dimensional realm, can they all rise up? Can they all become these multi-dimensional species and extraterrestrial species and eventually it's just the beings of the light who will return back home? And the answer is yes. It's like, you know, when we split atom in the two, those two atoms will always gravitate toward each other. Now, how do we tell the difference? The earth seeds who are today awakening wonderful spiritual people, they are very connected to the earth. They like farming and preserve the earth and clean the water and protect the animals and do, you know, healthy eating and taking care of their body. They are very deeply connected to the Mother Earth and all that beautiful nature. Versus the star seeds, they are also connected to the Earth, many of them, you know, and the beauty of it. But they are looking more for that cosmic approach, you know. How can I bring the Pleiadian healing here? How can I ever handle the Syrian Akashic reading records of the past lives? There's a difference. And when you read the past life and you feel the energy, you can feel that the earth seeds had no, exp- had no life beyond the earth. It's just this feeling within. Um, and they're also more grounded. Okay. So, okay. so do, do they commingle? In other words, do they take both their modalities and create children that that are both or do they basically usually stick to their their own background they mingle <laughs> and they do all of that today i was doing this wonderful reading for the lady who came um from the Pleiades, and they talk about her husband i was like i think he's an earth seat and she's like you're totally right and I said, he likes the hiking and the nature, and be connected to the nature, while you always feel different as well to the stars, right? And she's like, yep. They have a two wonderful children. They are a wonderful family. Actually, many star seeds do marry the earth seeds um, until they find all those star seed soulmates because they ground, they ground you. And they can be a beautiful union. Also, realize that you as a star seed, we as a star seed came here so many times and we did 
make gold with the earth seeds. So we have created a soulmate with the earth seeds as well. The goal is that I think once when we feel that we can leave out of here, the earth seeds will become a star beings or, or uh, you know, when we're going to colonize the planet and they're eventually going to be the contact, which may not be, not, you know, we know that there's already contact, but I mean like normal when the, when yeah. the other part of the humanity doesn't feel threatened by them, we will be calling the star beings. Actually, the earthly what I would call the energy power center, as I call them with another, you know, star seeds. It's the fifth chakra. It's the ability to create with the sound, with our way of the thinking and speaking and expressing ourselves. It's the beautiful human ability that one day, you know, on other planets, they will go like, oh my God, how we can train in that earthly ability, those gifts that you have, you know, to create with your voice. And you can tell your yeah. dog, can you bring my slippers? That makes you the god. And I know, you know, it's, it's a silly example. But if you can train your dog to bring your slippers, you give him a command with your voice to bring your slippers. So that you can train the cat, Barbara. <laughs> but I wish you were to understand. <laughs> my cats don't take commands it. too well. Um, no. Isn't that funny? They, the Syrians like, they, oh, oh, no. Yeah, like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Get your own slippers. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so you have you have provided exercises and meditations for connecting to your to your your star starseed family, and and I would hazard a guess that anybody who who has that that drive that that needing to find out about other places is going to absolutely get your book so they can figure out which starseed family they're connected to and then and then make the attempt to connect with that family uh yeah. on on a spiritual level to to help to activate um the gifts that are inside and you know the book is called you know activate your cosmic dna what is the difference between act, activating your when you activate your cosmic dna what what difference is there in you that that suddenly awakens that is asleep at this moment in time? I mean, saying you're awakening your cosmic DNA is one thing, but what does that mean? It means that you start remembering. And you stop wondering, did I come from there? And, you know, how, why I don't belong here? Suddenly you realize, like, oh, okay. Your memory, your recognition activates your memory. So you recognize yourself. Recognition, you recognize that you came from somewhere else. And suddenly you have this memory, you remember. Remember is like a member of somewhere else. And in my membrane, I remember that memory itself starts activating that sleeping DNA. It's telling us that our human ego, all right, let's feel safe. It is safe to remember. Then we know that we have a sleeping DNA and we know we have a nervous pathways that can regrow or realign itself in many different kind of ways to support us. So what I like about it, it's like there's that 
energy that look at, you know, awakening in your Akash, in your chakras, and then start descending in your body, in your organs, in your meridian pathways, and in your organs. And it is written up blood that our soul mind consciousness running through our body. And our blood literally deliver messages to our all, you know, to body suddenly, for example, the Pleiadians connect with the heart uh, organ. And suddenly you start remembering, okay, I, I am a I am a Pleiadian and I remember that. What usually happens, we go, you know, we have an ups and downs. Sometimes the people fall into the dark night of the soul, but we don't necessarily have to. We suddenly have to, you know, you remember where you are, and suddenly you remember also what happened to you on earth, especially in this lifetime. And that put us on this beautiful, actually, part of the, of the healing, that I have to heal and forgive the people, whatever they have done to me. That itself will start awakening my abilities, whatever our unique abilities are. are. So let's say the healing abilities, self-healing abilities, channeling abilities. So by activating um, memory, by we recognizing, we activate our memories, and that memories will heal lead us to that self-healing journey in a case we need it, many stages do need it, and then our abilities are awakening. So let's say the one of the common ability that almost every stages have is the empathy. And usually you hear like, oh my God, it's such a curse, I'm empathic, I, I can't even feel my family, I cannot go outside, it is horrible, I feel sick. Well, empathy may feel as a curse or as a that bad energy. But once you understand it, you activate it in your soul and it says, okay, I am an empath. I can feel the people. Well, first I need to heal all that, you know, horrible things that happened to me. And then I can start distinguishing, you know, am I feeling uh, my problem or somebody else's problem? Empathy, it's a tremendous ability. Healers who use the empathy literally utilize their body as an X-ray machine to reading and I'm giving just a metaphor, to reading somebody yeah. else's abilities and knowing where to direct the energy and where it sources from. But that really can happen after we activate that DNA. That DNA within us, it has always been there. It's like, you know, you always look at a red color, but nobody ever told you what a red color is. So for you, it will be, you know, something colorful, but you are you did not recognize that it's called red. Suddenly somebody tells you, that is red. And you go like, oh. And then you're going to see red everywhere, and you recognize red everywhere. So as this, you know, happened to us, and they developed these abilities, and then we start seeing it everywhere around us. What is beautiful, for example, yeah. So is is this similar to the ascension process that people talk about, or is it different from the ascension of the spirit within the physical within within a living um, a living period of time, or is awakening your DNA different? Well, the ascension process usually people describe it a lot of issues and the pain. I would say the activating is to understand these issues and work through them and utilize them. So there is a there's definitely a similarity but the activating that within you 
helps you furthermore. So one of the ascension symptoms is the ringing in the ears, the tintinitis. Uh-huh. And once you connect, you know, with your Stasi family, and he says, all right, they are telepathic, and they want to communicate with me, but I just have this ringing in the ears that is bothersome and doesn't make sense to me. So the first of all, and I'm not a doctor, so I cannot recommend that, it usually caused by the mineral deficiency, by the lower function of the nervous system. So we need to boost our nervous system. Once you do that with the good minerals, especially the magnesium, or you know, we can do our research and to see what, what is really good for that, then we can start to learn to develop our telepathic and the channeling ability because somebody's trying to talk to me. But they are kind of trying to talk, and it's like I'm a radio, and my radio station is on this buzzing kind of the frequency that cannot perceive that message. So here I'll take something from the ascension syndrome into activating that ability within me by understanding it. Mm-hmm. I see. I have I have the tendonitis, and I always have, and. Um, I've always found that it, it's company, and um, uh-huh. and and I always feel also that you know if I'm channeling or whatever I don't have it. So so mm-hmm. it, it's it's something that that somebody said. Well, we could fix that, and I said, no, you don't play with that because I really I like the ringing in my ears. <laughs> you are one of the very few that understands it. But let me try to do a little research about the mineral deficiency. It's going to make it much better. And then there will be just, as you know, the sound or something that you can have with your, with your guides, with your team, that they will give you like this, like, okay, it's time to channel with all of that. It's just up to us, you know, to adjust ourselves into these bodies and understand what is happening to us and that, you know, some of these abilities are literally malfunctioning within this body and we can make it better. Well, yeah, and, you know, I I think one of the things that people need to understand, too, is that, you know, if if you are of of the starseed community, it doesn't mean that, that, um, that you don't suffer from illnesses, abuse, and challenges like everybody else does, but, but that there is, that they become, um, stepping stones for you as you, work your way through them as opposed to, you know, they're not meant to be a punishment. They're meant to be a signification that, that there's another level to go to. And as soon as you figure that out, then you take the steps forward and things do settle 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 down. Yes, yes, I 100% agree to it. So when we start to having that different look at it, a different point of view of it, when we decided that we're going to feel different about it, then everything's changing, and it's like a stepping stone. Because, again, you know, if if we think about it from the logical point of view, evolution on Earth happening through the suffering. Every species, whenever animal or the plant, they evolve through the suffering. So we, as a starseed, we, we pile up our soul contract with a lot of suffering that we can evolve faster and then we can utilize it in our highest advantage of developing our abilities, the wisdom, the knowledge, 
connecting, you know, to everything and sharing it with anybody who is willing to listen to that. <laughs> and, you know, understanding that is such a big step. Well, I think sometimes people take suffering illnesses or, or difficulties as a punishment, and and mm-hmm. it's sort of like, if life was beautiful and you never had any changes like that, you wouldn't recognize those times of growth unless you you had a difficulty to to recognize something different was going on. Um, it 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 takes it takes you know I, I'm not going to say that that everybody who suffers illnesses, mm-hmm. abuse, and challenges. I'm not going to say that they're 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 all highly evolved, whatever. But I think that mm-hmm. that when you when you look into them deeply and see what it is they are causing you to adjust in your life, once you understand what the lesson is, it's easier yes. to move beyond those things. Absolutely. I mean, if we, you know to look in our lives and look in the people, the others, I'm thinking that we all are so. Many of us are impressed with the work of the Joe Dispenza, Dr. Joe Dispenza. He had a broken spine. And I do believe he's an Andromedian Sarsis. But he had a broken spine to become the healer and bring understanding. How is that healing happen? So out of the something that is unspeakable and horrible, he turned it into the most magnificent tool that helps the, I would say, millions of the people who follow his work, Right? Mm-hmm. And the thing, you know, and when they look at our lives and our little things, I, for example, had a Lyme disease that I was the best part in, you know, in my evolution, as bad as it was. It wasn't from that I started to developing all this work that I have developed. Well, it's, you know, I I know... A long time ago, I had a car accident, and I had to give up my mm-hmm. teaching career. And mm. it was a wonderful experience because it meant I could come full-time into this field. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was very grateful for the accident. Um, and, you know, it, it people kind of look at me when I say it was one of the best things that ever happened to me. Um, so, you know, if, if, if your attitude is different you can you can go through and and it has to be a genuine different attitude it can't just be saying yeah. you feel different it has to be you really feel different <laughs> um, it really has so, to be yeah. so so with the wonderful definitions you give to all of the different families that are out there and i and i'm sure there are more families but but these appear to be the main ones that you have focused on um if people read through them and they they can feel a connection to them, the next step then is is through meditation, um, connecting to your guides, and and that again is through meditation. Um, I think it's important for for people to hear or realize that it isn't just a quickie little thing. It's it meditation is is one of the the greatest forms of discovery we've got and so many people don't understand that it's because it's so easy we don't do it and yes <laughs> yeah. and, and yeah. making it yeah. a 
making it a practice opens portals and doors to amazing things. Definitely. And there's a meditation to connect with your guide in my, one of the exercises in my book. Uh, yes. It's very simple and easy, you know, that, that the people can do that. And you can even do it while you're reading. If you're reading it slowly and just focus on that energy within you, that is also a form of meditation. Or just to sit down and it doesn't have to be, you know, the long meditations. It can be shorter meditations as well, five, ten minutes. But finding that time, calming your mind and really doing that meditation, set up intentions, okay, I want to connect with my guides or I want to connect with the Pleiadians, I want to connect with the Syrians. Even though you may have come from Pleiades or Syrians, you can connect with all of these beings that I write within the book because they are eager to connect. But it does happen in the meditation. It doesn't happen that they're going to pop and appear in your living room or bedroom and, and there you have your magical experience. People get sometimes you know, disappointed that it's not happening. But through that, and then like the other exercises, like let's say you want to connect with the Lyrans, there's this beautiful, when they spoke about the art of forgiveness. And there's a, a lovely, I, I love that energy exercise and meditation there, when you forgive yourself and you forgive the others, and through that forgiveness, you connect with the Lyrans because they felt that they needed to go on that forgiveness. And realize that, okay, let's do the things a little differently within the life. So through this, that, that was a part of it. I always left, like to write the meditations and, you know, suggest the things what you can do, like the Syrians supposed to, you know, to do a lot of research. And um, I believe was it Andromeda when you learn to connect with your color of the chakras and just to meditate with them. And there's so much on because... As simple as it sounds sometimes, it is more profound work. There's such a power in the simplicity and in the practice. And that practice can be five to ten minutes a day. If you have more time, it's fabulous. Please meditate at least 20 minutes twice a day. But if you don't have that time, then it's okay. Well, I think, too, one of the suggestions you make is that you can read the meditation into your cell phone and then yeah. listen back listen back to it at your leisure and you can lead yourself into the meditation so that you Absolutely. know so many people so many people need to have the led meditation as opposed to just yeah. going into meditation and if it's your own yeah. voice you trust your voice so you will be more relaxed in hearing the words coming at you from from your cell phone or, or whatever form you've used to record it. But you've got seven different mm-hmm. Starseed families here, and if you recorded all of them, and it's it's very synchronistic that you have seven of them. And if if you use a different one every day of the week, every week you will go through all seven families, and then you can go back the following week and do it again and again and again. And... This way, you, I mean, I, I don't know if you made it seven on purpose, but it just happens there are seven days no, in the no, week. No. I'm sorry, Barbara, six of them, not seven, six. And so no, there maybe you can seven. give yourself Sunday a break. I know, I know. I, I like how you're saying it sounds really good, but they have to be honest, there are only six. So the seven one, let's dedicate a seven to ourselves. 
you know, that Sunday to ourselves and to the human that we are in this lifetime, even with our divine soul, mind, consciousness. So on the seventh day, you can be wild to be you. You like, get you can really? rest like God did. No, I you know there has to be a seventh one. I'm sorry. I know you didn't write seven, but you know what? There just could be an unknown family. Absolutely, um, absolutely. I don't know um, why I said seven, but because the seven no, chakras, yeah. seven Pleiadian sisters, and seven days in a week. I love it. I think that seven should be the Orion because I love the Orion, and I have not you know written about them yet. But you know what I like how you said that, you know, record your voice in your in your phone. And when you retire recording it, just think about it. Your voice is the expression of your soul, mind, consciousness. That is exactly. so all and had so many lifetimes. And if you think about it, you give yourself the power of that and that's phenomenal. Well, the the other thing you can do is just listening before you go to sleep at night. Because if you take that memory into sleep with you, it takes you into mm-hmm. another reality. Yes, 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 yes. That's a beautiful. That's a that's a beautiful suggestion. I like that. Because Still they like you know, your soul family. I think there should be seven. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, when you stop to when you stop to think about it, um, you're looking for home. You're looking for where you belong, and yeah. sooner or later, one of these meditations will relate to you so much that you'll just continue with that one. And yes. that'll yeah. pick it out for you. Um, yeah. But you've made that it, you know, you've made it so easy to differentiate between the different families. You've, you've, um, you, th- I mean, there are characteristics of each of them that are so specific, it's unbelievable. So that you know you you can't mistake one from another, so that's what mm-hmm. I like. But but in all of them, you know, touching into nature becomes an absolute necessity, and being one yeah. with the, the 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 earth the earth mother, and again something that is important and easy to do. I I, I think what what is what what is so fabulous is. The whole process is so easy, people will and the reality is it absolutely does work. Yep, yep, so. that's the, yep. <laughs> it does work, that's the beauty of it. And uh, I have seen it in many of my clients and, you know, I started on my friends and then it's going to, that it grew in all this life work that it it works, and I see that in the people when they realize and when they practice it, how much their life change, and what is most fascinating, how fast the life change. Uh, well, and, possibly you know, how even fast, yeah. Possibly even a, a journal of some sort that you can record. You know, nothing happened today. I got a good rest, or huh, mm-hmm. something happened, and I can't put a finger on it. To oh my gosh, I'm seeing things, it or helps. I'm feeling things, and you know, it it, but it's a matter of understanding that it, it, you would be a very unusual person if it happened immediately. And I'm, you know, there there may be people yep. out there that click in immediately, but but saying you know it, it can take weeks to a month or so to to find that you really notice a difference in your life and in how you view things and how you feel about things. I mean, it really does it does work and. 
It is something yeah. that will um, enlighten you tremendously. And, you know, the, most of the people that do listen to this show are looking for enlightenment on many different levels. And your yeah. book absolutely um, does open open the door for people to, or the portal, uh, to to look at another level of their own being and find new aspects that they can relate to. And certainly once you've identified, and, and oh, what a, that's another important thing, it, it doesn't have to be one starseed family. You could be a, a, a combination of two or three. Yep, yeah, you can be hybrid, yeah. You can definitely be a combination of two or three, and then you connect into all of them, and you realize, okay, which one is the important for me today? You know, you can work with all three of them, or four of them, or just the one of them at a time. And that's the beauty of it. It's like it becomes part of you once you, you know, activate it, once you start remembering, then you start embodying it. What does it mean to be, you know, the palladium within the body? Um, the fun thing, you know, for the exercise, I think we all should do is, you know, once you realize where you are or that you are different, sort of look into the mirror and say, oh, hi, beautiful palladium being, here you are in the human body. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, start, you know, playing with that. And then let's say you want to find your soulmate. So look into your eyes. You are looking in your soulmate consciousness and says, oh, I would like to find a soulmate. It's kind of nice to be here on the earth, but I really would like to find a soulmate who's going to accompany me here. Or so much on start playing with it, like recognition, look at yourself. Start looking for the signs and the symbols um, that are on our journey every single day. As you says, journal it, because then you start noticing it. Suddenly the book comes up or something on the show, like your show, your show suddenly shows up to somebody that they never thought that there's a show like that. Uh-huh. And uh, all that, you know, shows in our environment, suddenly we realize that we are not alone. The soulmate family can only give us this, you know, the guidance the picture, the signs, and so much on, and it's up to us to pick them up and and act on it. No, I think also, too, um, identifying where these um, where these star families come from, and finding finding the Pleiades in the sky, and finding the Andromeda system in the sky, and you know. Kind of connecting visually so that, you know, it's it's like home. Yeah, yeah, it is. And then we can even create this visualize, you know, the exercises that, you know, as I write in the book about this uh, visitation, that you can visualize yourself there. You can sort of experiment through your soul mind consciousness. How did it look like or how did it smell? But there's something that I used to taste. Um, all those, you know, would be a good exercise that help us to speed up on this journey. And again, you know, that ascension is we we heal ourselves and our, I would say at least one mission that we have is to create a way of life that is inspiring of the others. Because if we can heal from our suffering, from our illness or from our problems and find that it may have been the best uh, possible thing that could have happened to us that changed our life and shifted us on this other journey, it is very inspiring to the others. 
and it's a, it can be a very beautiful journey. Oh, absolutely. I know when I had the car accident and I had to let go of, well, I taught school for 25 years, and it was yeah. sort of like, I can't do that anymore. And then it, mm-hmm. then it occurred to me that, that I had said any number of times, when I retire from teaching, I'll do this work full time. Mm-hmm. And apparently the universe thought it didn't want to wait another 40 years, so it created a, a car accident so I could do it, you know, uh, immediately. And it's it's yeah. not something I would have it's not something I would have picked, and yet it was the the the, the greatest mm-hmm. gift I could have been given. Uh, yeah. My car was destroyed, and you know there was a lot of other stuff mm-hmm. that went on that was not pleasant. But but the reality in mm-hmm. retrospect was it was the best thing that could have happened to me. And and I think yeah. having a positive attitude about everything does work to your advantage, mm-hmm. so long as you don't annoy people. Yes, I like how you said that. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. I mean, I have been accused of being a Pollyanna a number of times, but but it works. And you know, you have to be careful where you let it out. <laughs> yes, but, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I notice our time is it has run out, and and I do want to. Thank you so very, very much for spending this time with with me and with my listeners. And um, you know, I, I I'm certainly going to look at more of your books and see if we can't do some shows on some of your other books because this has been a true joy. Thank you so much. I'm so happy that you invited me on your show that I can share with you my life work and um, hope that you know help me will help others to understand themselves, to find themselves, and really find out that being different is actually an amazing thing in our life. And uh, once we understand it, it activates these beautiful things within ourselves, and life just becomes magical. And as you said, you know, video accident and so much on, it's not as we want it. It's suddenly there's the energy shift that decides, okay, it is a time. And then it's up to us to either embrace it and find the uh-huh. best thing in it or just, you know, to go and be the victims of our life. I definitely have been a victim of my life for a long time <laughs> until I shifted around. It definitely wasn't all the roses and the peaches. I have the different kind of the story <laughs> about it. But thank you so much. Thank you for what you are and, doing. And uh, thank you. Oh, it, my pleasure. And if people want to get a hold of you or find out more about you, where will they go? Is there a... Um, do you have a website or an email where people can contact you? Yep. So I have a website at www.evamarquez.org. The spelling E-V-A-M-A-R-Q-U-E-Z dot O-R-G. I also have a, a huge YouTube channel. At least I like to think so. I, I have done a lot of meditations and the work and self-help on the YouTube. And you just Google the Eva Marquez and everything comes up. So I believe in the paying it forward, so I'm happy to assist as much as I can. And of Fantastic. course my books are on Amazon. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, yeah, and you've got a ton of books too. So um, yeah. we will, we'll have to check them out and see if we can find another book we can talk about. Um, but, but thank you so much again for your time, and um, I look forward to talking to you again.
Thank you so much, and best wishes with everything that you do, and happy holidays to all of you. To you, Thank to you. you too. Okay, everybody, I will see you next Monday. Looking forward to yet another fascinating conversation with some of the lovely people that have um, decided to share time and energy with me. Uh, look forward to it. Check out the website, barbaradolong.com, and um, if you have the time, uh, join the, the Seeker Circle that is there and um, get notified when really cool stuff happens. Good night now, everybody. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.